don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, it was a good day for a podcast today. If you've been tuning in with us here regularly, you know that's pretty rare recently on a Wednesday, at least on the day that I do the podcast. Uh, we've got a lot of down days, a lot of Fed meetings or even Fed speakers trying to send the market lower. But today was very different. Our markets continued to shake off some of their recent losses today, now making back-to-back sessions of gains for our major indexes following the four-day losing streak that we saw near the end of last week into the beginning of this week. Got a lot of people out of this market and onto the sidelines. Destroyed sentiment, which I'll get to here in a second. But after the last two sessions, it's starting to look like Santa Claus at least wants to come to town this year. He's not too scared of Jay Powell uh, just yet, that is. Uh, as Kip mentioned yesterday, he's talked about this week as well. We haven't even entered the official Santa Claus rally time period just yet. Uh, as is defined by Stock Traders Almanac, it actually begins on Friday because it is the last five trading days of the year and the first two trading days going into the new year. So a seven-day trading period and by far the best seven-day trading period for the markets of the year. If you're bullish, that is, it's the most bullish seven-day trading period of the year. Uh, So as we head into Friday, we'd love to see a rally going into that and the timing really couldn't be more perfect here because of that four-day sell-off that we saw all of our major indexes and all of our favorite sectors right now are poised to rally. They've actually reached short-term oversold conditions. So if we're looking like we are for the next move to be to the upside, a short-term oversold condition could be looked at as a buying opportunity here. Uh, That's certainly how we've been treating it. And I'll get to more of this here in the set in a second, but these are the, what the kind of dips look like that you want to be buying if we're entering a new bull market. And it gets even better than the Santa Claus rally info I just gave you as well. Kib has talked about this too. I think it bears repeating uh, just because of how far I saw sentiment indicators collapsing in the last week. So it's important to remember these things at times like this. Uh, So we are now approaching the single best performing month for the stock market. So we've got the best seven day period coming up and we've got the best performing month coming up right after that as well. And that is specifically January in pre-election years. So the third year of a presidency. Now, you know, time to tell you exactly why that's the case. Uh, We've seen the stats on post midterm years. You know, all of these things kind of overlap a little bit, but history has shown. January in a pre-election year is higher 88% of the time. And not only that, the average gains are massive. Keep in mind, these are average gains here. Average gain for the S&P, 4.1% in that January. And even bigger for the NASDAQ, a massive 6.8% average gains 
for the month of January in a pre-election year. So we've got a lot of good stuff here to look forward to towards the end of this year as we wrap up 2022 and certainly as we head into 2023. And I've got a few more things on that here in a second. But first, let's talk about what we're seeing in the market today. As I mentioned earlier, we just came off this four-day losing streak. All of our major indexes lower for four days. Now, all of our major indexes rallying back-to-back days. But it's the sentiment indicators that I want to point out today. Looking at the fear and greed index today, firmly in fear mode. After spending weeks, really, I mean, a, a couple of months there at greed levels. We got pretty high on the greed levels, but just in one week, it's collapsed over 20 points from greed levels into fear. Uh, now, again, firmly in the fear levels, we're seeing the same thing in sentiment, the AAII sentiment survey. Uh, we'll get back this week's reading tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, but last week, we finished with the lowest level of bulls since the beginning of October, and bears continue to be on the rise as well. So you can see in these sentiment indicators, just how fearful people are. Uh, if, if you've been tuning into Kip's podcast or if you're a member, you'll know the poll that he was talking about where 100% of people believed that we're going into a recession in 2023. That's the kind of stuff that we love taking the other side of here. But it makes sense though, right? I mean, everywhere you look, you see another reason to be bearish right now. Like watching Zelensky and Biden hold a joint press conference together, which is on my screen over here. Uh, plenty of reasons to be bearish though, right? We've also got the Federal Reserve in, in, in their tightening cycle. And, you know, the money printing rockstar himself, Jay Powell, doing everything he can to jawbone the market lower, to go to the extreme, to make the market think that he's going to an extreme here. You know, sometimes you have to look at what they do and not what they say, most often with finance especially. But back to Zelensky, we've got this ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict that so many people, especially the media, has been working up. And on top of that with the media, this attempt we've seen lately to scare everyone into believing that we're headed to a triple-demic scenario with coronavirus and deaths are going to be higher than they've ever been before in any of the other you know, deals. I mean, they've been trying to do this one off and on since the very first lockdown. Uh, so consider us skeptical. But those few things right there, massive things, right? That's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to to fear scenarios, but that's exactly why it's called a wall of worry. And I like to compare it to a real wall. A real wall is made up of bricks, right? Just add another brick into that wall of worry. The good thing about building a wall of worry, markets love to climb. So that's what we wanna see. And when we have the majority of investors scared, panic selling now, right? I'm talking about smaller investors, uh, you know, all the way up to big investors, really getting scared by what they're seeing in the market. What do you want to be doing when the majority is going one way? I'll tell you how, how we would answer that. We're contrarians here. We want to go the opposite direction there. When everyone is saying that there's going to be a recession, that this bear market, we're going to see new lows for our markets. 
that is the time. Now we've got everyone on one side here, and it really does seem like everyone's on one side now. That is when we want to be buying the dips. Then, when everyone starts thinking, okay, maybe it's not as bad as we thought, and they'll, instead of panic selling, they'll be panic buying, rushing back into the market, you will already be positioned and just ready to ride the next wave higher for this market. That's what we see. We continue to look to those October lows as holding from here. And the great thing about beginning a new bull market, which we did in October, is that great bull markets begin with this period of disbelief, right? Oh man, there's so many things going wrong. There's no way this market could possibly go higher. Well, the market likes to fool as many people as possible. And I think we're certainly in that scenario right now. So we want to continue to see people in disbelief here, thinking that we're going to continue lower and the market just keeps bashing them, bashing them, bashing them and heading higher anyway. Doesn't even need to be a big day like today. We could have just small days higher and just stack up the wins. Uh, either way, we think it's going to be a strong 2023. Um, but again, it's just so interesting to see everyone so bearish, given that we've had such a massive rally from those October 13th lows. So again, as we see it, we think those lows will continue to hold. And while you're thinking about 2023 here, don't forget this important point as well. This is, I mean, it, it varies a lot for individual stocks, right? But for sectors and for major indexes especially, the worst years... And in stocks included, the worst years for our major indexes, stocks, you know, sectors, the most un unloved one, very often tend to be followed by some of the best years on record. And it's no secret, this was a rough year for the markets. So to get a turnaround into next year, that sounds about right. Because we, we all know, even if you turn tune into the financial mainstream media, Please don't buy into it. Uh, you know, the U.S. economy, slowing, sure, but strong. This isn't 2008. This isn't some other type of financial crisis here. Of course, there's always the possibility of black swan events. You know, we're watching the FTX and, and crypto in general story closely. There's always the potential for an event like that. But there's also so many reasons to be bullish here. And uh, as Warren Buffett would say, never bet against America. We think that's one of those times. And so in a, for one final stat here, uh, you know, we've already heard the stats about the Santa Claus rally, the January being the best month in a pre-election year. But don't forget this one. As you're thinking about 2023, stocks tend to be fo follow a bad year with a good year. And going back, perfect timing. Going back to 1952, midterm years, which we just had, right? We just had the midterms this year. From the midterm lows to 12 months later, the S&P 500 is higher 100% of the time. That's a perfect 18 for 18. We expect 2023 will mark 19 for 19 in a post-midterm year, going back to 1952. Again, Average gains here, remember, average return for the S&P, 32%. We've talked about that stat a lot here. Uh, you know, we keep coming back to it, but that's exactly how we feel. Overall, we remain extremely bullish, 
And we think that the action in the markets today and yesterday really has confirmed that for us here as well. Let me pull up. Uh, there we go. Um, yeah, really back, really, really fast. Back to this that yesterday, you know, we got a solid move higher, even when our indexes could have made the turn and gone negative yesterday. We got a nice little turnaround there. Finished positive across the board, even though we got the surprising announcement that Japan was going to allow rates to rise. That is big news for Japan. Kip covered it yesterday if you want to find out some more details there. But it's big news for Japan. Their central bank there, the Bank of Japan, is the largest owner of stocks, ETFs, bonds for all of Japan. I mean, that's the way that they want to take the United States next. We're already seeing it in Europe as well. You know, these this negative interest rate cycle where they just print unlimited money. That's what they want. So for them to be raising rates should have been bad news for the market. The fact that we continue to head higher is a bullish tell. Then not only that, overnight, we had Europe rallying as well on this news. So no fear there. Then U.S. futures were higher this morning throughout the day. Got a nice rally. We finished, you know, off of the highs of the day, but not by a whole lot. Um, you know, it was a strong day overall here. And Europe, at least by the ETFs, also finished higher on the day. So when the markets continue to go up on bad news, another bullish sign there. We finished higher across the board here today. So let's take a look. Small caps leading the way higher and coming out of a bear market, small caps tend to outperform large caps as well. Uh, we'll see if that trend continues, but small caps up today 1.87%. Next up, the Dow Jones up 1.6% to 33,376. We were followed there by the NASDAQ up just over 1.5% to 10,709. But I do want to point out here, the semiconductors, you know that's our, our favorite sector here that we love to key off of. It beat all of our major indexes today. SMH, the semiconductor ETF, up 2.23%. That's exactly what you want to see. The semis leading the way here. And finally, for our major indexes, the S&P 500, up just under 1.5% to 3,878. Looking at our internals on the day today, strong numbers, certainly much improved from recent trading. Advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ, over 3 to 1 positive on the NYSE, over 2 to 1 positive on the NASDAQ. <clears throat> 52 week highs to lows. You know, this is a lagging indicator here. We talk about that often. Still, we prefer to see it positive, obviously, but an improvement today from the last week of trading as well. NYC coming in almost flat here for 52-week highs to lows. NASDAQ, though, coming in just under 4 to 1 negative. Lastly, volume coming in really strong today. I, I, you know, I would say strong, maybe. Not really strong. We got 86% upside volume on the NYSE. That's just shy of the 90% that technicians like to call a bullish thrust. That would have been really strong. That would have been good to see, but still, we're not going to complain about 86% upside volume. Uh, NASDAQ coming in positive as well. Not quite as good, but just roughly 2 to 1 positive. Just over that, it looks like as well. Next up, looking at our sectors on the day, all 11 S&P 500 sectors managed to finish higher on the day today. No surprise, energy led the way as we're closing out the year. It's been our best performing sector on the year. We're followed there by industrials, financials, and tech. 
are laggards on the day, if you want to call them that. Consumer staples still up 8 tenths of 1%, followed by materials and real estate both higher on the day as well. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Let me get a little refresh here on the commodity screen. Now we've got gold slightly down on the day, really flat, down 0.08%, a buck 50 to $1,823 an ounce. Silver taking a little pause after its massive 11% rally yesterday. Really, I mean, also you could consider this pretty flat. It did hit new highs earlier in the session above yesterday's high. So that marks the highest level for silver since April of this year. Up oh, and a little refresh. I mean, yeah, silver's flat on the day at $24.19 an ounce. Next up, copper up 0.47% to $3.81 a pound. And lastly, for our commodities, oil up 2.87% to $78.42 a barrel. Finally for today, Bitcoin down on the day, down just half a percent here, really been tough to, has been trying to hang out above that 17,000 level, just can't stay above it though. Now it's 16,000. 780 a bitcoin folks that's all that we have time for here today please be sure to subscribe to receive our vra podcast every day at the market close you can sign up at vrainsider.com click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us thanks again for tuning in until next time we may not have a podcast tomorrow stay tuned not positive yet if not we'll see you back here right after christmas and so wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We hope that uh, you have safe travels everywhere. See a lot of family and friends. Have a great time. Um, and yeah, I just hope you all have a blessed holiday. We'll talk to you. We'll see you back here soon. Uh, either tomorrow or after Christmas at the close. Thanks again. Bye-bye.